Hi there, I'm Mike Fagelman, and welcome to the April 2nd edition of the Honest Report podcast. Once a year, Israelis from all walks of life gather to retell the same story over and over. That sounds a lot like the Jewish holiday of Passover, which began on Saturday, March 27th, when Jews in Israel and from around the world gather. Well, this year, perhaps less than before due to restrictions surrounding the coronavirus pandemic, to retell the Exodus story, when the Jewish people escaped slavery in ancient Egypt. But the yearly gathering with the same story and the same result could just as easily refer to Israel's perennial elections. The only difference is that Passover comes only once a year, but Israel has now held four elections in only two years, the last being on March 23rd of this year. Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, is indeed a polarizing figure in Israeli politics and Israeli society. On one hand, he is facing ongoing corruption charges from the Ministry of Justice, and in power for more than a decade as the country's longest-serving head of government. In the eyes of many, he has worn out his welcome. But he has also overseen the country's rapid economic expansion, the creation of new and renewed diplomatic relations with Muslim-majority countries, from Morocco to the United Arab Emirates, not to mention inoculating the majority of Israelis with coronavirus vaccines faster than any other nation in the world. But the result this past election has been decidedly similar to the previous three. Netanyahu's Likud party performed well enough for him to be the front runner, but not well enough for him to have a clear mandate for victory. As such, in Israel's fractious Knesset, or parliament, the wheeling and dealing began, with small and medium parties playing the role of kingmakers, offering to support a prospective Netanyahu government in exchange for coveted cabinet roles or other desired policies. As the Times of Israel recently described it, no doubt speaking for a large majority of Israelis both frustrated and bewildered by the regularly recurring elections, to quote, Israeli politics has now moved from farcical to surreal. Insanity is looming, end quote. There is certainly more than a kernel of truth to that. Israel's democratic system is similar to Canada's, but unlike our first past the post, Israel has 120 Knesset seats up for election. Various political parties create lists of ranked candidates, and when a party receives around 3.25% of the vote, they get a seat in the Knesset, and that means small, marginal parties are often overrepresented in national politics, all but guaranteeing a deadlock. In the last election, Israel, with a population of under 9.5 million people, saw representatives from 13 political parties elected to the Knesset. But beyond the headlines and the jokes, Israel's electoral challenges actually showcase a remarkable resiliency. There are four key takeaways from this past election that challenged the dominant media narrative of a dysfunctional Israel. First, while it is undoubtedly true that most Israelis would prefer fewer elections, let us not forget that Israel's neighbors, namely those living under the oppressive regimes of Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, to say nothing of nearly the entire Arab world, have no such electoral rights. Mahmoud Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority, has been in his position for 17 years, despite it only having officially a four-year term. The nearly two million Gazans living under the oppressive thumb of Hamas similarly have had no elections in a decade and a half to say nothing of other benefits of democracy, including free association, free press, and freedom of expression. So, as much as Israel perhaps is going overboard proving that it's a liberal democracy, it's without question far better than the alternative. Second, the headlines and the sound bites that we often hear from the news media is that Netanyahu, 
a right-wing politician keeps getting returned to office by Israeli voters. That kind of oversimplification tends to portray Israelis as one-dimensional, as hawkish, and sometimes even militaristic, which is, as one can imagine, not a typically flattering image to paint, especially here in Canada. But that image is not really true. In fact, in the last election, Netanyahu's Likud party attracted less than a quarter of the overall vote, while centrist and left-leaning parties scored nearly one in three votes. Additionally, two Arab parties, the Joint List and Ra'am, also attracted nearly one in ten votes, and will see ten Knesset members joining the next, next legislative session. And surreal as it sounds, the Times of Israel reported that, quote, several of Netanyahu's Likud ministers, including a senior minister, began publicly musing, end quote, that Ra'am, the Arab Islamic party, was being considered as a potential coalition partner by Netanyahu. That news is certainly a far cry from the overly simplistic narrative often depicted about the Israeli electorate. Thirdly, the fact that elections in Israel are a regular happening occurrence, while out of step with Israel's well-deserved reputation as a center of innovation and productivity, actually does invalidate those points, though at first glance it may not seem so. Initially, constant elections reek of incompetence, an antiquated electoral or democratic system, or of a poor roster of candidates, and in the eyes of many Israelis that may all be true. But as with my first point above, let us consider the alternatives. Despite the headaches of all the elections and all the campaigning and all the money that's being spent putting that on, Israel is experiencing its democratic process, free of violence, coercion, or threats. That cannot be said of all countries in the world, even ostensibly democratic ones. Let's remember this past January 6th, when thousands of rioters descended upon the Capitol buildings in Washington, upset at what they believed was a rigged election result and seeking to overturn it. In addition to the five recorded deaths from that day, January 6th left a huge black eye on the reputation of the United States as a democratic country where there was a peaceful transition of power. So in Israel, there may have been more transitions and retransitions to power than most democracies, but it does not lead to bloodshed. Fourth, and finally, as we mentioned near the beginning of this podcast, Israel's Prime Minister has certainly had his fair share of successes on the economic front, the diplomatic front, and even recently with the COVID-19 vaccination front. But there is a lot more to him than that, and much of it has not been well received by the public. In December of 2016, Israeli police began investigating Netanyahu for corruption. And just under three years later, he was officially charged for fraud, breach of trust, and acceptance of bribes. His trial began last May, and just this past February, the Prime Minister was present in a Jerusalem courtroom and denied corruption charges in person for the first time. It's, of course, well beyond the scope of today's podcast to delve into the complex details regarding the corruption charges facing Netanyahu, other than to say that he is accused of accepting gifts from well-connected business people in exchange for political favors, as well as two similar accusations regarding bribery. And while the allegations have not been proven in court, this scandal once again proves the resiliency of Israel. While leaders in surrounding territories and countries hold on to power through power, violence and fear such as in Gaza, the Palestinian Authority, Iran, or Syria, which recently passed 10 years of ongoing civil war, Israel is a country where its head of government can be charged and even potentially jailed for breaking the law. In fact, it's happened before. Former Prime Minister Ehud Barak served more than a year in jail for bribery, and former President Moshe Katsav served five years in jail for rape. And while those convictions are a black mark on Israeli society, 
It's also a testament to the country that Israel's not satisfied merely electing its political leaders, and when they break the law, they are held accountable. That is truly the hallmark of a functioning and strong society. Israel's regular elections are a running joke, and for good reason. Four trips to the polls in two years is a sign that there is a real need for reform in Israel's democratic system. But with that said, this minor flaw also demonstrates four incredible strengths of Israel. The fact that it holds elections at all, the, the smooth transition after elections, the ability of Arab parties to run for office and be elected, and how Israel does not hold its elected officials above the law, but on par with everyone else. Israel is a country that is small in size, small in number, but what it lacks in physical size, it makes up for in ingenuity, innovation, research, development, and yes, even elections. And while we in Canada may not be looking for a federal election every six months, we shouldn't forget what flaws and faults that the startup nation has. It more than makes up in impressive, very impressive achievements. And that is The Honest Report. Today is April 2nd, and I'm Mike Fagelman. Thanks for taking the time to listen. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to our podcast, and I look forward to having you uh, be our audience member in our next podcast. Thanks for listening. Keep well.